Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 10 is where we find ourselves as we're going through the gospel of Luke. In verse 30, it says, Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now you have to understand this, this scene. So this man's on the road to Jericho. Jericho is about 17 miles from Jerusalem, downhill. It's about a 3,000-mile drop in that 17 miles to Jericho, and it enters into this area of wilderness. Now, the, the road to Jericho is kind of a winding road, because what it is, is it's actually an arroyo. I only know that from the Mexican word. I don't know what they, maybe a wadi. I don't know what they call those things in other places, or what we call them in here in America. But an arroyo is a, is a path that is used oftentimes as a road, but in the spring, it's a river, Right? And that's kind of what the road to Jericho was. When we were in Los Barillas last year at this time, boy, I miss it. We, we were in Los Barillas on Baja, in Baja, and they have arroyos everywhere. And you know the, the arroyos are filled with water certain times of the year, and the other times of the year they're filled with dune buggies, right? Baja, 5,000, right? And they, they race in those arroyos because they're nice smooth areas where the water runs off. And, and we were walking down the road in Los Barillas, and it means the barrels. I'm saying it right. Lost Barillas means the barrels. And they found a bunch of barrels in the ocean there, I guess. But we're walking down the road. It's not Lost Barillas. But we're walking down the road, and there's these sidewalks that are like, the curbs are like that tall. And I'm like, man, this, this would be an ocean nightmare right here, you know? And like there's thorn branches as we're walking. We're trying to, you know, like it's, nothing's like easy there, right? And, and I'm like, who in the world designed these sidewalks? This is ridiculous. Like somebody's going to break their ankle or their leg falling off of these things, you know? And then Ann and Lynn, they were with us down there and they were telling us, oh yeah, well those, that's an arroyo. That road is an arroyo. It's paved and everything, but those sidewalks are so high because the water runs there, through there, down that road and straight into the ocean from there. I'm like, oh, okay. And so you don't want to be in that road at the wrong time of year, right? It's just kind of flooded. And that's the way that, that this was. And so this was kind of a winding road, and sometimes thieves, it was also known not just the, as the snake road, that's what they called it, but they also called it the road of blood, because a lot of times thieves and bandits would hide out and wait for somebody to come around the bend, and then they would attack them. So if you didn't want to walk this road by yourself, it was not very safe. And so this man comes, he's walking along the way, and he gets overtaken by these thieves. But they don't just strip him of his goods, they strip him of his, his identity. They take off all of his clothes. They leave him alongside the road, bleeding, wounded, and naked. And so we're not sure now, you know, because he's not wearing his Jewish clothes, is this man a Jew or a Gentile? It might be hard to tell at this point. But he's laying there alongside the road. 
Now, in this circumstance, verse 31, it says, Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, priests oftentimes were very concerned about their, their service to the temple. Maybe he's heading towards Jerusalem, you know, from, from Jericho or some other town. And he's heading towards Jerusalem, and he's going to do his priestly duties. Maybe it's his course. And, and so he sees this guy, and he doesn't want to make himself unclean, because what if the guy's dead? He can't be within four cubits of a dead body. And, and so he, he passes by on the other side. Goat takes a wide berth. He doesn't want to touch the guy. But is that really the situation? You know, that's a good excuse, isn't it? Don't we always have good excuses when we see somebody in need? You know, they're broken down alongside the road. Ah, somebody else will stop. Has time. I got to get to work. You know, and, and this guy just passes by. He doesn't even, doesn't even stop to see if he's alive. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. A Levite. Now, he's certainly not as concerned about being clean or unclean as the priest would, of course, they have priestly duties to do, but a Levite, he would be concerned about that to a degree as well. But, but these were the people that were considered to be the most respected members of that society. A priest and a Levite. I mean, nobody would be more revered or more respected in that society than them. And yet, in God's word, it tells us that the priests and Levites were to be servants to the people, which the word servant doesn't mean master. The word Servant means, minister means slave. And that's the attitude that they should have had to the people. When they saw somebody in need, they should have immediately stopped and helped, whether it was going to make them unclean or not. Somebody else can do that duty if they're not qualified to do it because of their uncleanness, because they helped someone in need. What's better, mercy or sacrifice? It's amazing. You know, I love, Pastor Chuck always just drilled that into us pastors. He had such a servant's heart. He was always serving cleaning up. He was always working. And he would, say, he would come to the pastor's conferences and he would say, you guys are not the one in charge of your church. Jesus is in charge of your church. You're the slave. You're the servant. And you need to have a servant's heart when it comes to the people in the church. They're not to serve you. You're to serve them. And I think it's such a good attitude to have as a pastor. But here's what's interesting is nobody questions Jesus' story. He says this as a priest and Levite. They just walk by on the other side. Nobody says, that would never happen. Why? Because they know that that's exactly what would happen. They know that's exactly the attitude of the priests and the Levites of their day. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So we went to him, and he bandaged his wounds and poured oil and wine and set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn and took care of him. So this Samaritan sees him. He doesn't just see him and have compassion. His compassion moves him to action, and his action is that he takes the man. He pours out expensive oil and wine upon him, bandages his wounds, no doubt puts something over him, a, a, a blanket or something to cover him, and he puts him on his own animal, and that man walks alongside of this man on, who's been hurt. He doesn't care if he's a Jew or a Gentile. He, does, what he, doesn't see, he doesn't see color or race or nationality when he looks at this guy. He sees a person. He sees a person. Now, there's been a lot of talk about race, you know, lately in our, in our culture, in our country. You know, and I, I just, I really feel like I'm just really glad that we live in probably one of the least racist places in the world. I was talking to my friend Reggie. He's been living here for, I think he's been here for at least 18 years. 
we, you know, he was in a class I was in, so we asked him, hey, what kind of racial things do you experience here? And he says, you know, honestly, when, I, when I, my coach first told me, hey, BSU's looking at you to be on their team, he says, I was like, Idaho, are you kidding me? That's where the skinheads are. That's, that place is, you know, they're white supremacists and everything. And he was really concerned. Of course, that's up north. Well, it was. I think they, they're out now. I don't know. I don't know. Who's, who, who knows what's happening? But anyway, so he came and he said, you know, I was actually surprised that actually here it's less racist than where I was from in California. And he says, I realized my, my family is more racist than the Idahoans. He says, he said, I did have one, he did have one incident where he was going to rent a house and he drove up and he got out of his car and the guy who was, he'd been talking to on the phone, he looks at him and he says, I don't think you can afford this house. He says, okay, yeah, no problem, see you later. And he drove away. That was the only time he ever experienced anything like that. But he said, most of the time it's kind of the opposite. Like people treat him nicer because he's black. Like, I don't want to be known as a racist, you know, I'm not racist, you know. And so they, they actually treat him nicer. And he said he was at Sherry's one time and he went up to the counter and the lady's like, hi, I have a black friend. <laughs> and he's like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but he says that people actually are pretty nice here. You know, he says, he says it's probably one of the least racist places he's ever been. And, and, and that's great. You know, it's great. I think that it's important as, as Christians, as a culture too, that we see people as, as people. And I remember when I was a kid, it was the Russians. Now it's the Russians again. <laughs> You know, it's, it's ridiculous. But we should see people as people, no matter who they are. And, and so this, cer- this certain Samaritan takes care of him. It says, verse, put him in the end, it says, verse 35, on the next day when he departed, he took two denarii, this is two days' wage, and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So he, he, he gets him there, he looks stable. He's like, he's probably going to be okay. I'm going to go ahead and leave you here. I'm going to pay your way. If you need to stay longer, I'll, I'll take care of the tab when I get back. And he goes and tells the innkeeper, if this guy needs anything. He, he leaves him with two dinner, two days wages, which is certainly enough to probably stay another couple days with meals. And so he leaves this with this guy and then promises to pay the tab when he gets back. This, this guy has true care. He doesn't just see him have compassion. He, I mean, he easily could have taken him and dropped him off at the end and says, hey, this guy was found alongside the road. You know, I don't know what to do with him. Here he is. But no, he he paid his expenses. He went the extra mile. Remarkable story. Because the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along, right? They hated each other. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991. Or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.